Act Two of the First Part of King Henry the Fourth by William Shakespeare. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Act Two, Scene One, Rochester, an inn yard. Enter a carrier with a lantern in his hand. Hi ho! And it be not four by the day, I'll be hanged. Charles Wayne is over the new chimney, and yet our horse not packed. What, Osler? Anon, anon. Hi, prithee, Tom. Beat cut saddle. Put a few flocks in the point. Poor Jade is wrung in the withers out of all cess. Enter another carrier. Peas and beans are as dank here as a dog, and that is the next way to give poor Jade's the bots. This house. He's turned upside down since Robin Osler died. Poor fellow, never joyed since the price of oats rose. It was the death of him. I think this be the most villainous house in all London Road for fleas. I am stung like a tench. Like a tench? By the mass, there is an era King Christen could be better bit than I have been since the first cock. Why, they will allow us near a Jordan and then we leak in your chimney and your chamber lie breeds fleas like a loach what osler come away and be hanged come away i have a gammon of bacon and two raisins of ginger to be delivered as far as charing cross god's body the turkeys in my pannier are quite starved what osler a plague on thee hast thou never an eye in thy head canst not hear and were not as good deed as drink to break the pate on thee i am a very villain come and be hanged hast no faith in thee enter gadsel good morrow carriers <laughs> what's o'clock i think it be two o'clock i prithee <clears throat> lend me thy lantern to see my gilding in the stable nay by god soft i know a trick worth two of that i faith i pray thee lend me thine ay when canst tell lend me thy lantern quoth he marry i'll see thee hanged first sirrah carrier what time do you mean to come to london time enough to go to bed with a candle i warrant thee come neighbour mugs we'll call up the gentlemen they will along with company for they have great charge exeunt carriers what ho chamberlain at home quoth pickpurse that's even as fair as at hand quoth the chamberlain for thou variest no more from picking of purses and giving direction doth from labouring thou layest the plot how enter chamberlain good morrow master Gardsill. it holds current that i told you yesternight there's a franklin in the wild of kent hath brought three hundred marks with him in gold i heard him tell it to one of his company last night at supper a kind of auditor one that hath abundance of charge too god knows what they are up already and call for eggs and butter they will away presently sirrah if they meet not with st nicholas clarks i'll give thee this neck no i'll have none of it i pray thee keep that for the hangman for i know thou worshippest saint nicholas as truly as a man of falsehood may <sighs> what talkest thou to me of the hangman if i hang i'll make a fat pair of gallows for if i hang i hope sir john hangs with me and thou knowest he is no starling but <laughs> there are other trains that thou dreamest not of which for sport's sake are content to do with the profession's own grace that would if matters should be looked into for their own cred's sake make all whole i am joined with no footland rakers no longstaff sixpenny strikers none of these mad mustachio purple-hued mock-worms but with nobility and tranquillity burgher masters and great one-ears such as can hold in such as will strike sooner than speak and speak sooner than drink 
and drink sooner than pray. <laughs> and yet, zounds, I lie, for they pray continually to their saint, the Commonwealth, or rather, <laughs> not pray to her, but pray honour, for they ride up and down on her and make her their boots. What? The Commonwealth their boots? Will she hold out water in foul way? Ha! <laughs> she will, she will. Justice hath liquored her. We steal us in a castle, Cockshire. We have the receipt of fern seed. We walk invisible. Nay, by my faith, I think you are more beholding to the night than to fern seed for your walking invisible. <laughs> Give me thy hand. Thou shalt have a share in our purchase, as I am a true man. Nay, rather let me have it, as you are a false thief. Go to. Homo is a common name to all men. Bid the officer bring my gilding out of the stable. Farewell, ye muddy knave. Exeunt. Scene two. The Highway. Near Gad's Hill. Enter Prince Henry and Poins. Come, shelter, shelter. I have removed Falstaff's horse, and he frets like a gummed velvet. Stand close. Enter Falstaff. Poins. Poins and be hanged. Poins. Peace, ye fat kidneyed rascal. What a brawling dost thou keep. Where's Poins, Hal? He has walked up to the top of the hill. I'll go seek him. I am accursed to rob in that feast company. The rascal hath removed my horse, and I tied him I know not where. If I travel but four foot by the squire further afoot, I shall break my wind. Well, I doubt not but to die a fair death for all this, if I escape hanging for killing that rogue. I have forsworn his company hourly any time this two and twenty years, and yet I am bewitched with the rogue's company. If the rascal hath not given me medicines to make me love him, I'll be hanged. It could not be else. I have drunk medicines. Poins! Hal! A plague upon you both! Bardolph! Peto! I'll starve ere I'll rob a foot further. And would not as good a deed as drink to turn true man and to leave these rogues, I am the veriest varlet that ever chewed with a tooth. Eight yards of uneven ground is threescore and ten miles afoot with me, and the stony-hearted villains know it well enough. A plague upon it when thieves cannot be true to one another. They whistle. Phew! A plague upon you all. Give me my horse, you rogues. Give me my horse and be hanged. Peace, ye fat guts. Lie down. Lay thine ear close to the ground, and list if thou canst hear the tread of travellers. Have you any levers to lift me up again, being down? Splut or not bear mine own flesh so far afoot again for all the coin in thy father's exchequer. What a plague mean ye to colt me thus? Thou liest. Thou art not colted. Thou art uncolted. I prithee, good Prince Hal, help me to my horse, good king's son. Ouch, ye rogue! Shall I be your ostler? Go hang thyself in thine own irreparent garters. If I be tain, I'll peach for this, and I have not ballads made on you all and sung to filthy tunes. Let a cup of sack be my poison, when a jest is so forward and a foot too. I hate it. Enter Gadsel, Bardolph, and Peto with him. Stand. So I do against my will. Oh, tis our setter. I know his voice, Bardolph. What news? Case ye, case ye. On with your wizards. There's money of the king's coming down the hill. Tis going to the king's exchequer. You lie, ye rogue. Tis going to the king's tavern. <laughs> There's enough to make us all. To be hanged. Sirs, you four shall front them in the narrow lane. Ned Poings and I will walk lower. If they escape from your encounter, then they will light on us. How many be there of them? Uh, some eight or ten. Zooms, will they not rob us? 
What, a coward, Sir John Paunch? Indeed, I am not John of Gaunt, your grandfather, but yet no coward, Hal. Well, we leave that to the proof. Sirrah, Jack, thy horse stands behind the hedge. When thou needst him, there thou shalt find him. Farewell, and stand fast. Now cannot I strike him if I should be hanged. Ned, where are our disguises? Here, hard by, stand close. Exeunt, Prince, and Poins. Now, my masters, happy man be his dole, say I, every man to his business. Enter the travellers. Come, neighbour, the boy shall lead our horses down the hill. We'll walk afoot a while and ease our legs. Stand! Stand. Jesus, bless, bless us. us! Strike! Down with him! Cut the villain's throats! Ah, horse and caterpillars, bacon-fed knaves, they hate us, youth. Down with them, fleece them. Oh, oh we, we are, are done, done, both we and, and us forever. Hang ye, gore-bellied knaves, are ye undone? No, ye fat chuffs, I would your store were here. On, bacons, on. What, ye knaves, young men must live. You are grand jurors, are ye? Will jur ye faith? Here they rob them and bind them. Exeunt. Re-enter Prince Henry and Poins. The thieves have found the true men. Now could thou and I rob the thieves and go merrily to London, it would be argument for a week, laughter for a month, and a good jest forever. Stand close, I hear them coming. Enter the thieves again. Come, my masters, let us share, and then to horse before day. And the prince and poins be not two errant cowards, there's no equity stirring. There's no more valour in that poins than in a wild duck. Your money! Villains! As they are sharing, the prince and poins set upon them. They all run away, and Falstaff, after a blow or two, runs away too leaving the booty behind them. <laughs> God with much ease. <laughs> now merrily to horse. The thieves are all scattered and possessed with fear so strongly that they dare not meet each other. Each takes its fellow for an officer. <laughs> Away, good Ned. <laughs> Falstaff sweats to death and lards the lean earth as he walks along. <laughs> Were it not for laughing, I, I should pity him. How the rogue roared! Exeunt. Scene three. Warkworth Castle. Enter Hotspur, soloist, reading a letter. But for mine own part, my lord, I could be well contented to be there, in respect of the love I bear your house. <laughs> he could be contented. Why is he not then? In respect of the love he bears our house, he shows in this he loves his own barn better than he loves our house. Let me see some more. The purpose you undertake is dangerous. <laughs> Why, that's certain. It is dangerous to take a cold, to sleep, to drink. But I tell you, my lord fool, out of this nettle danger we pluck this flower safety. The purpose you undertake is dangerous. The friends you have named uncertain. The time itself unsorted. And your whole plot too light for the counterpoise of so great an opposition. Ha! Say you so, say you so. I say unto you again, you are a shallow, cowardly hind, and you lie. Oh! What a lack brain is this! By the Lord, our plot is the good plot as ever was laid. Our friends, true and constant, a good plot, good friends, and full of expectation, an excellent plot, very good friends. What a frosty spirited rogue is this! Why, my Lord of York commends the plot and the general course of the action. Sounds, and I will now buy this rascal. I could brain him with his latest fan. Is there not my father, my uncle, and myself? 
Lord Edmund Mortimer, my Lord of York, and Owen Glendower? Is there not besides the Douglas? Have I not all their letters to meet me in arms by the ninth the next month? And are they not some of them set forward already? What a pagan rascal is this! An infidel! Ha! You shall see down very sincerity of fear and cold heart, Willie to the king, and lay open all our proceedings. Oh, I could divide myself and go to Buffett's for moving such a dish of skim milk with so honourable an action. Hang him! Let him tell the king. We are prepared. I will set forward tonight. Enter Lady Percy. How now, Kate? I must leave you within these two hours. Oh, my good lord, why are you thus alone? For what offence have I this fortnight been a banished woman from my Harry's bed? Tell me, sweet lord, what is it that takes from thee thy stomach, pleasure, and thy golden sleep? Why dost thou bend thine eyes upon the earth and start so often when thou sitst alone? Why hast thou lost the fresh blood in thy cheeks, and given my treasures and my rights of thee to thick-eyed musings and cursed melancholy? In thy faint slumbers I by thee have watched, and heard thee murmur tales of iron wars, speak terms of manage to thy bounding steed, cry courage to the field, and thou hast talked of sallies and retires, of drenches tents, of palisados, frontiers, parapets, of basilisks, of cannon, culverin, of prisoners ransom, and of soldiers slain, and all the currents of a heady fight. Thy spirit within thee hath been so at war, and thus hath so bestirred thee in thy sleep, that beads of sweat have stood upon thy brow, like bubbles in a late disturbed stream, and in thy face strange motions have appeared such as we see when men restrain their breath on some great sudden hest oh what portents are these some heavy business hath my lord in hand and i must know it else he loves me not what hair enter servant is gideon's with a packet gone he is my lord an hour ago hath butler brought those horses from the sheriff one horse my lord he brought even now what horse? Our own. A cropier, is it not? It is, my lord. That throne shall be my throne. Well, I will back him straight. Oh, Esperance. Bid Butler lead him forth into the park. Exit, servant. But hear you, my lord. What sayest thou, my lady? What is it carries you away? Why, my horse, my love, my horse. Out, you mad-headed ape! A weasel hath not such a deal of spleen as you are tossed with. In faith, I'll know your business, Harry, that I will. I fear my brother Mortimer doth stir about his title, and hath sent for you to line his enterprise. But if you go... So far afoot I shall be weary, love. Come, come, you parakeeto, answer me directly unto this question that I ask. In faith, I'll break thy little finger, Harry, and if thou wilt not tell me, all things true. Away! Away, you trifler! Love? I love thee not. I care not for thee, Kate. This is no world to play with mammoths and to tilt with lips. We must have bloody noses and cracked crowns and pass some current too. God's me, my horse! What sayest thou, Kate? What wouldst thou have with me? Do you not love me? Do you not, indeed? Well, do not, then, for since you love me not, I will not love myself. Do you not love me? Nay, tell me if you speak in jest or no. Come, wilt thou see me ride? And when I am a horseback, I will swear I love thee infinitely. But hark you, Kate. I must not have you henceforth question me whether I go, nor reason whereabout. Whether I must, I must. And to conclude, this evening must I leave you, gentle Kate. I know you wise, but yet no farther wise than Harry Percy's wife. Constant you are, but yet a woman. 
and for secrecy no lady closer for i well believe thou wilt not utter what thou dost not know and so far will i trust thee gentle kate how so far not an inch further but hark you kate whither i go thither shall you go to to-day will i set forth to-morrow you will this content you kate it must of force exeunt scene four the boar's head tavern eastcheap enter the prince and poins ned prithee come out of that fat room and lend me thy hand to laugh a little where hast been how oh with three or four loggerheads amongst three or four score hogsheads i have sounded the very bass-string of humility sir i am sworn brother to a leash of drawers and can call them all by their christian names as tom dick and francis they take it already upon their salvation that though i be but prince of wales yet i am the king of courtesy and tell me flatly i am no proud jack like falstaff but a corinthian a lad of metal a good boy by the lord so they call me and when i am king of england i shall command all the good lads in east sheep <laughs> oh, they call drinking deep dying scarlet and when you breathe in your watering they cry <coughs> and bid you play it off oh, to conclude i am so good a proficient in one quarter of an hour that i can drink with any tinker in his own language during my life i tell thee ned thou hast lost much honour that thou wert not with me in this action <laughs> but sweet ned <laughs> to sweden which name of ned i give thee this pennyworth of sugar clapped even now into my hand by an underskinker one that never spake of the english in his life and eight shillings and sixpence and you are welcome with this shrill addition anon anon sir score a pint of bastard in the half moon or so <laughs> mm. But, Ned, to drive away the time till Falstaff come, I prithee, do thou stand in some byroom while I question my puny drawer to what end he gave me the sugar. Mm. Do thou never leave calling Francis, that his tale to me may be nothing but anon. <laughs> Step aside, and I'll show thee a president. Francis, thou art perfect francis exit points enter francis anon anon sir look down into the palm garnet rafe mm -hmm. come hither francis my lord how long hast thou to serve francis forsooth five years and as much as to francis anon anon sir five year ha thy lady a long lease for the clinking of pewter but francis darest thou be so valiant as to play the coward with thy indenture and show it a fair pair of heels and run from it o oh, lord sir i'll be sworn upon all the books in england i could find it in my heart francis anon sir <clears throat> how old art thou francis let me see about michaelmas next i shall be francis anon sir pray stay a little my lord nay but hark you francis for this sugar thou gavest me twas a pennyworth was not oh lord i would it had been two i will give thee for it a thousand pound ask me when thou wilt and thou shalt have it francis anon anon mm. No, Francis, no, Francis. Well, tomorrow, Francis. Oh, Francis, uh, oh, Thursday, or, or indeed, Francis, when thou wilt. <laughs> but, Francis. My lord? Wilt thou rob this leathern jerkin, crystal button, not painted, agate ring, 
puke-stocking, caddis-garter, smooth-tongue, Spanish pouch. Oh, Lord, sir, who do you mean? Why, then, your brown bastard is your only drink. For look you, Francis, your white canvas doublet will sully. In Barbary, sir, it cannot come to so much. What, sir? Francis! Away, you rogue! Dost thou not hear them call? Here they both call him. Francis! The drawer stands amazed, not knowing which way to go. Enter Ventner. What? Standest thou still, and hearest such a calling? Look to the guests within. Exit Francis. My lord, old Sir John, with half a dozen more, are at the door. Shall I let them in? Uh, let them alone a while, and then open the door. Exit Ventner. Points. Re-enter Points. No, 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 sir. Sir, uh, Falstaff and the rest of the thieves are at the door. Shall we be merry? As merry as crickets, my lad. But hark ye, what cunning match have you made with this jest of the drawer? Come, what's the issue? I am now of all humours that have shown themselves humours since the old days of Goodman Adam to the pupil age of this present twelve o'clock at midnight. Re-enter Francis. What's o'clock, Francis? Anon, anon, sir. Exit. Whatever this fellow should have fewer words than a parrot, and yet the son of a woman. His industry is upstairs and downstairs, his eloquence the parcel of a reckoning. I am not yet of Percy's mind, the hotspur of the north. He that kills me some six or seven dozen of Scots at her breakfast, washes his hands and says to his wife, Fie upon this quiet life, I want work. Oh, my sweet Harry, says she, how many has thou killed today? Give my own horse a drench, says he, and answers, Some fourteen an hour after, a trifle, a trifle. I prithee, call in Falstaff. I'll play Percy, and that damned Bronze shall play Dame Mortimer his wife. Revolt, says the drunkard. Call in ribs, call in tallow. Enter Falstaff, Gadsel, Bardolph, and Peto. Francis following with wine. Welcome, Jack. Where hast thou been? <sighs> a plague of all cowards, I say, and a vengeance too. Merry and amen. Give me a cup of sack, boy. Ere I lead this life long, I'll sow nether stocks and mend them and foot them too. A plague of all cowards. Give me a cup of sack, rogue. Is there no virtue extent? He drinks. Didst thou never see Titan kiss a dish of butter? Pitiful-hearted Titan, that melted at the sweet tale of the suns, if thou didst, then behold that compound. You rogue! Here's lime in this sack, too. There is nothing but roguery to be found in villainous man, yet a coward is worse than a cup of sack with lime in it. A villainous coward! Go thy ways, old Jack, die when thou wilt. If manhood, good manhood, be not forgot upon the face of the earth, then I am a shotten herring. There lived not three good men unhanged in England, and one of them is fat and grows old. God help the while. A bad world, I say. I would I were a weaver. I could sing psalms or anything. A plague of all cowards, I say still. How now, Woolsack? What mutter you? A king's son. If I do not beat thee out of thy kingdom with a dagger of lath, and drive all thy subjects afore thee like a flock of wild geese, I'll never wear hair on my face more. You, Prince of Wales! Why, you horse and round man, what's the matter? Are you not a coward? Answer me to that, and points there. Sounds, ye fat paunch, and ye call me coward? By the Lord, I'll stab thee! I call thee coward. I'll see thee damned ere I call thee coward, but I would give a thousand pound I could run as fast as thou canst. You are straight enough for the shoulders. You care not who sees your back. 
call you that backing of your friends? A plague upon such backing! Give me them that will face me. Give me a cup of sack. I am a rogue if I drunk to-day. Oh, villain, thy lips are scarce wiped since thou drunkest last. How's one for that? Ah, oh, a plague of all cowards, still say I. What's the matter? What's the matter? There be four of us here have taken a thousand pound this day morning. Where is it, Jack? Where is it? Where is it? Taken from us it is. A hundred upon poor four of us. What? A hundred, man? I am a rogue, if I were not at half-sword with a dozen of them two hours together. I have escaped by miracle. I am eight times thrust through the doublet, four through the hose, my buckler cut through and through, my sword hacked like a handsaw. Ike signum! I never dealt better since I was a man. All would not do. A plague of all cowards! Let them speak. If they speak more or less than truth, they are villains and the sons of darkness. Speak, sirs. How was it? <laughs> we four set upon some dozen. Sixteen at least, my lord. And bound them. No, no, they were not bound. You rogue, they were bound, every man of them, or I am a Jew else, an Hebrew Jew. As we were sharing... Some six or seven fresh men set upon us. And unbound the rest, and then come in the other. What? Fought you with them all? All? I know not what you call all, but if I fought not with fifty of them, I am a bunch of radish. If there were not two or three and fifty upon poor old Jack, then I am no two-legged creature. Pray, God, you have not murdered some of them. Nay, that's past praying for. I have peppered two of them, two I am sure I have paid, two rogues in buckram suits. I tell thee what, Hal, if I tell thee a lie, spit in my face, call me horse. Thou knowest my old ward, here I lay, and thus I bore my point. Four rogues in buckram let drive at me. What for? Thou saidst but two even now. Four, Hal, I told thee four. Aye, aye, he said four. These four came all affront, and mainly thrust at me. I made me no more adieu, but took all their seven points and my target thus. Seven? Why, there were but four even now. In buckram? Aye, four in buckram suits. Seven by these hilts, or I am a villain else. Prithee, let him alone. We shall have more anon. Dost thou hear me, Hal? Aye. And mark thee too, Jack. Do so, for it is worth the listening to. These nine in buckram that I told thee of. So, two more already. Their points being broken. Down fell their hose. Began to give me ground. But I followed me close, came in foot and hand, and with a thought seven of the eleven I paid. Oh, monstrous! Eleven buckram then grown out of two. But as the devil would have it. Three misbegotten knaves in Kendall Green came at my back and let drive at me, for it was so dark, Hal, that thou couldst not see thy hand. These lies are like their father that begets them, gross as a mountain, open, palpable. Why, thou clay-brained guts, thou naughty-pated fool, thou horse and obscene, greasy tallow-catch! What, art thou mad? Art thou mad? Is not the truth the truth? Why? How couldst thou know these men in Kendall Green, when it was so dark thou couldst not see thy hand? Come, tell us your reason. What sayest thou to this? Come, your reason, Jack, your reason. What, upon compulsion? Zoons, and I were at the stapado, or all the racks in the world, I would not tell you on compulsion. Give you a reason on compulsion? If reasons were as plentiful as blackberries, I would give no man a reason upon compulsion, I. I'll be no longer guilty of this sin. This sanguine coward, this bed-presser, this horseback-breaker, this huge hill of flesh. Splood, you starveling, you elfskin, you dried neat's tongue, you bull's pizzle, you stockfish. Oh, for breath to utter what is like thee. 
you tailor's yard you sheath you bow-case you vile standing tuck mm. well breathe a while and then do it again and when thou hast tired thyself in base comparisons hear me speak but this mark jack we too saw you four set on four and bound them and were masters of their wealth mark now how a plain tale shall put you down then did we two set on you four and with a word outface you from your prize and have it yea and can show it you here in the house and falstaff you carried your guts away as nimbly with his quick dexterity and roared for mercy and still run and roared as ever i heard bullcalf what a slave art thou to hack thy sword as thou hast done and then say it was in fight what trick what device what starting-hole canst thou now find to hide thee from this open and apparent shame come let's hear jack what trick hast thou now by the lord i knew ye as well as he that made ye why hear you my masters was it for me to kill the heir apparent should i turn upon the true prince why thou knowest i am as valiant as hercules but beware instinct the lion will not touch the true prince instinct is a great matter i was now a coward on instinct i shall think the better of myself and thee during my life i for a valiant lion and thou for a true prince but by the lord lads i am glad you have the money hostess clap to the doors watch to-night pray to-morrow gallants lads boys hearts of gold all the titles of good fellowship come to you what shall we be merry shall we have a play extempore mm. content and the argument shall be thy running away ah no more of that harlan thou lovest me enter hostess oh jesu my lord the prince how now my lady the hostess what sayest thou to me marry my lord there is a nobleman of the court at the door would speak with you he says he comes from your father give him as much as will make him a royal man and send him back again to my mother what manner of man is he an old man what doth gravity out of his bed at midnight shall i give him his answer prithee do jack faith and i'll send him packing exit now sirs by lady you fought fair so did you peto so did you bardolph you are lions too you ran away upon instinct you will not touch the true prince no fie faith i ran when i saw the others run faith tell me now in earnest how came falstaff's sword so hacked why he acted with his dagger and he said he would swear truth out of england but he would make you believe it was done in a fight and persuaded us to do the like yea and to tickle our noses with spear-grass to make them bleed and then to beslubber our garments with it and swear it was the blood of true men i did that i did not this seven year before i blushed to hear his monstrous devices oh villain thou stolest a cup of sack eighteen years ago and wert taken with the manor and ever since thou hast blushed extempore thou hast fire and sword on thy side and yet thou ranst away for what instinct hadst thou for it my lord do you see these meteors do you behold these exhalations i do what do you think they portend mm. hot levers and cold purses collar my lord if rightly taken no if rightly taken halter re-enter falstaff here comes lean jack here comes barebone <laughs> how now my sweet creature of bombast how long is to go jack since thou sawest thine own knee my own knee when i was about thy years hal i was not an eagle's talon in the waist i could have crept into any alderman's thumb-ring a plague of sighing and grief it blows a man up like a bladder there's villainous news abroad 
here was sir john brazy from your father you must to the court in the morning that same mad fellow of the north percy and he of wales that gave amamon the bastinado and made lucifer cuckold and swore the devil as true liegeman upon the cross of a welsh hook what a plague call you him oh glendower owen owen the same and his son-in-law mortimer and old northumberland and that sprightly scot of scots douglas that runs a horseback up a hill perpendicular he that rides at high speed and with his pistol kills a sparrow flying you have hit it so did he never the sparrow while that rascal hath good metal in him he will not run why what a rascal art thou then to praise him so for running a horseback ye cuckoo but a foot he will not budge a foot yes jack upon instinct i grant ye upon instinct well he is there too and one more dake and a thousand blue caps more worcester is stolen away to-night thy father's beard is turned white with the news you may buy land now as cheap as stinking mackerel why then it is like if there come a hot june and this civil buffeting hold we shall buy maidenheads as they buy hobnails by the hundreds oh by the mass lad thou sayest true it is like we shall have good trading that way but tell me hal art not thou horribly afeard thou being heir apparent could the world pick thee out three such enemies again as that fiend douglas that spirit percy and that devil glendower art thou not horribly afraid doth not thy blood thrill at it <laughs> not a whit of faith i lack some of thy instinct well thou wilt be horribly chid to-morrow when thou comes to thy father if thou love me practise an answer do thou stand for my father and examine me upon the particulars of my life shall i content this chair shall be my state this dagger my sceptre and this cushion my crown thy state is taken for a joint-stool thy golden sceptre for a leaden dagger and thy precious rich crown for a pitiful bald crown well and the fire of grace be not quite out of thee now shalt thou be moved give me a cup of sack to make my eyes look red though it may be thought i have wept for i must speak in passion and i will do it in king cambus's vein well here is my leg and here is my speech stand aside nobility oh jesu this is excellent sport in faith weep not sweet queen for trickling tears are vain oh the father how he holds his countenance for god's sake lords convey my tristful queen for tears do stop the floodgates of her eyes oh jesu he doth it as like one of these harlotry players as ever i see <laughs> peace good pint pop peace good tickle brain harry i do not only marvel where thou spendest thy time but also how thou art accompanied for though the camomile the more it is trodden on the faster it grows yet youth the more it is wasted the sooner it wears that thou art my son i have partly thy mother's word partly my own opinion but chiefly a villainous trick of thine eye and a foolish hanging of thy nether lip that doth warrant me if then thou be son to me here lies the point why being son to me art thou so pointed at shall the blessed son of heaven prove a mitcher and eat blackberries a question not to be asked shall the son of england prove a thief and take purses a question to be asked there is a thing harry which thou hast often heard of and it is known to many in our land by the name of pitch this pitch as ancient writers do report doth defile so doth the company thou keepest for harry now i do not speak to thee in drink but in tears not in pleasure but in passion not in words only but in woes only and yet 
there is a virtuous man whom i have often noted in thy company but i know not his name what manner of man an it like your majesty a goodly portly man if faith and a corpulent of a cheerful look a pleasing eye and a most noble carriage and as i think his age some fifty or my lady inclining to threescore and now i remember me his name is falstaff if that man should be lewdly given he deceiveth me for harry i see virtue in his looks if then the tree may be known by the fruit as the fruit by the tree then peremptorily i speak it there is virtue in that falstaff him keep with the rest banish and tell me now thou naughty varlet tell me where hast thou been this month dost thou speak like a king do thou stand for me and i'll play my father depose me if thou dost it half so gravely so majestically both in word and matter hang me up by the heels for a rabbit sucker or a poulter's hair well here i am set and here i stand judge my masters now harry whence come you my noble lord from east cheap the complaints i hear of thee are grievous split my lord they are false nay i'll tickle ye for a young prince of faith swearest thou ungracious boy henceforth ne'er look on me thou art violently carried away from grace there is a devil haunts thee in the likeness of an old fat man a ton of man is thy companion why dost thou converse with that trunk of humours that bolting hutch of beastliness that swollen parcel of dropsies that huge bombard of sack that stuffed cloak-bag of guts that roasted manning-tree ox with the pudding in his belly that reverend vice that grey iniquity that father ruffian that vanity in years wherein is he good but to taste sack and drink it wherein neat and cleanly but to carve a capon and eat it wherein cunning but in craft wherein crafty but in villainy wherein villainous but in all things wherein worthy but in nothing i would your grace would take me with you whom means your grace that villainous abominable misleader of youth falstaff that old white-bearded satan my lord the man i know i know thou dost but to say i know more harm in him than in myself were to say more than i know that he is old the more the pity his white hairs do witness it but that he is saving your reverence a whore-master that i utterly deny if sack and sugar be a fault god help the wicked if to be old and merry be a sin then many an old host that i know is damned if to be fat be to be hated then pharaoh's lean kine are to be loved no my good lord banish pito banish bardolph banish poins but for sweet jack falstaff kind jack falstaff true jack falstaff valiant jack falstaff and therefore more valiant being as he is old jack falstaff banish him not thy harry's company banish not him thy harry's company banish plump jack and banish all the world i do i will a knocking heard exeunt hostess francis and bardolph re-enter bardolph running oh my lord my lord the sheriff with a most monstrous watch is at the door ouchy rogue 
Play out the play. I have much to say in the behalf of that Falstaff. Re-enter the hostess. Oh, Jesu! My lord! My lord! Hi, hi! The devil rides upon a fiddlestick. What's the matter? The sheriff and all the watch are at the door. They are come to search the house. Shall I let them in? Dost thou hear, Hal? Never call a true piece of gold a counterfeit. Thou art essentially mad without seeming so. And thou a natural coward without instinct. I deny your major. If you will deny the sheriff so, if not, let him enter. If I become not a cart as well as another man, a plague on my bringing up. I hope I shall as soon be strangled with a halter as another. Go, hide thee behind the heiress. The rest walk up above. Now, my masters, for a true face and good conscience. Both which I have had, but their date is out, and therefore I'll hide thee. Call in the sheriff. Exeunt all except the prince and Peto. Enter sheriff and the carrier. Now, master sheriff, what is your will with me? First, pardon me, my lord. A hue and cry hath followed certain men unto this house. What men? One of them is well known, my gracious lord, a gross, fat man. As fat as butter. The man, I do assure you, is not here. For I myself at this time have employed him. And, Sheriff, I will engage my word to thee that I will, by to-morrow, dinner-time, send him to answer thee, or any man, for anything he shall be charged withal. And so let me entreat you to leave the house. I will, my lord. There are two gentlemen have in this robbery lost three hundred marks. Well, it may be so. If he have robbed these men, he shall be answerable. And so farewell. Good night, my noble lord. I think it is good morrow, is it not? Indeed, my lord. I think it be two o'clock. Exeunt, sheriff, and the carrier. This oily rascal is known as well as Paul's. Go, call him forth. Falstaff, fast asleep behind the arras, and snorting like an horse. <laughs> Hark, how hard he fetches breath. Search his pockets. He searcheth his pockets, and findeth certain papers. What hast thou found? Nothing but papers, my lord. Well, let's see what they be. Read them. Item, a capon. Two shillings and tuppence. Item, sauce. Fourpence. Item. Sack. Two gallons. Five shillings and eightpence. Item. Anchovies and sack after supper. Two shillings and sixpence. Item. Bread. Haypenny. Oh, monstrous. But one halfpenny worth of bread to this intolerable deal of sack. What there is else, keep close. We'll read it at more advantage. There, let him sleep till day. Out to the court in the morning. We must alter the wars, and thy place shall be honourable. I'll procure this fat rogue a charge of foot, and I know his death will be a march of twelve score. The money shall be paid back again with advantage. Be with me betimes in the morning. And so good morrow, Peter. Good morrow, good my lord. Exeunt. End of Act Two.